This week on the Inglecast, we're talking about testing and getting feedback from your audience. I'm John. I'm Joe. And I'm Tom. So Sorcery 4 is nearly done, as if you listen to the Inglecast, you might be aware. And <laughs> we've just started sending out the very, very first copies to testers. So people outside of the company who are not us and not in the room right now are playing the game and sending us feedback, which reminded me that testing is this massive part of game development that people mm. don't talk about very much. Yeah. And we used to do a lot of it at Sony in certain ways, and we and tried when, to do when it. When we started Inkle, we got extremely lazy, and we barely did any of it until we decided to get a little bit more um, yeah, strict so with our, ourselves. For our that. early project, we used the model of hero testing, where you get two people who you call hero testers, you make them play your game repeatedly, which they do for some reason or other, and they send you lots of feedback, and then you don't test it on anyone else at any point. Yeah. And that that's pretty good and it does get you quite far but it's hardly professional Um, (laughs) and in fact we did have problems when we released 80 days that we've all all but forgotten now but um we basically took that approach we didn't get enough people to test it we did have a few we thought we were doing a good job but then when we released it everyone like not everyone but a large portion of users got stuck stuck in acapulco yeah there were two or three places it was possible just to complete for the flow to completely die yeah um, and it turned out that when we threw 30,000 people down the 80 days maze <laughs> they found them yeah. whereas when we threw four and people I think, down did we both go on holiday at that point um oh, right, done, <laughs> I, I remember i was in scotland at my parents house and I was just answering 200 emails and mm. trying and to I, track it down. I think I remember being at home because I would be woggling a baby on one arm and yeah. writing the same reply about Acapulco as another. But we've drifted off topic already. <laughs> so um, for Sorcery Fall, what we're trying to do is something slightly new, which is quite interesting and I thought was worth talking about, which is a bit a very staggered testing mm. phase. So right now we have three external testers, just three, and I'm hoping to get it up to about sort of 20 or 30 mm. by the time we get a bit close to release. And they're playing a version of the game which no one has played before. And so the kind of feedback that I'm getting at the moment, there's the usual sort of typos and broken story flow things, but there's also major questions of the way the game is structured, like really major things that I have no idea if they're going to land or work or if people are just not going to understand them at all. Mm. And then you get feedback from like one person who says, I hate this. And Mm. it's this interesting question of what do you do with that? Mm. And how do you unpick that? And then this must happen to every single game developer when they first show their idea to someone and it just doesn't land. Like, is it a massive problem? Is it a minor problem? Mm. How do you unpick it? And often these are people that we don't know personally, we can't sit down and talk to. Yeah. It's funny because so, that's... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, there's a real skill to listening to the feedback of a tester and hearing what they're complaining about. And they might tell you what they think the problem is. And you've got to really pick that apart and work out what they're really experiencing and work out whether what they're suggesting is the solution or what they think is wrong is really what's wrong and dig deeper and see if there's something else you can do that might actually be a less dramatic um, fix that actually there's it's it's a really subtle issue and you just need to tweak a little bit of wording earlier on in the game and their entire experience will change mm. oh, it was just you have to try and deduce where did it all go wrong for that mm. tester where did where was the point where they fell out of trust with your game yeah and everything started to spin mm. out and 
but it's always difficult because you you have these conversations with testers you sort of write back and say well okay can you can you tell me how you felt about this and, and where did this go wrong and what did you do at this point and what did you do at that point and they'll write you often very detailed and very interesting feedback they clearly thought about a lot mm. and then you basically ignore all of it because you pick one sentence at the beginning and you go, oh that bit went wrong that yeah. was it everything else is a cascade from that yes, bit exactly and it's always hard to know whether how that's going to land with with testers and and what the best way of dealing with that is. Now, I remember at Sony, we used to do a lot of um, like more professional user testing. Mm. They would get members of the public in, sit them in a room. There was a one-way mirror so you could watch them playing your game. And this was supposed to give us a real insight into how people yeah. live through the experience. So I guess we sort of have to define the difference between... Um... I can't remember what the terminology is really, but the user experience testing or the kind of the game idea testing where mm. you where you kind of try out a prototype on someone. I did I did the same when I was working at Microsoft and it was during the time when Connect was being developed and we we watched these kind of feeds from four different angles of people using prototype versions of Connect and playing a, a prototype and that's very very different to the type of testing that you do just before you're about to release a game where you're finding out whether there are bugs as opposed to do people even understand what they're meant to do and is there any fun in it whatsoever mm. yeah i guess it's oh, sorry it's it's quality assurance versus kind of user yeah. experience feedback. yeah exactly yeah. i've got to know how did the connect testing go early connect sounds oh. interesting Oh, I don't know how much I should really talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that, good, that, that good, yeah. Uh, there were a lot of cynical people at the time. We'd been through a lot of prototypes and the mm. hardware initially... Well, if you, if you think about the problems that Connect version 1 had when it was released, imagine that 10 times worse. Mm, yes, yeah. <laughs> I think I mean, the worst bit of user testing I saw was when we were doing some face capture stuff at Sony and we'd mentioned to the user testing lab in advance that we were pretty aware that it didn't work as well on dark skin faces oh, no, as light yes. as light skin faces it just didn't work and there wasn't anything we could do it was engine code we'd inherited from somewhere else i don't know what our plan to solve that was either i just did the gameplay um, <laughs> but we went to this two-way meeting and in walked five a party of five black women all friends and they sat down in front of this face capture technology and it just failed and failed and failed and failed and failed and they were in fits of laughter like at, <laughs> at how incompetent this thing they were dealing with was and we were just sitting there sort of in horror not knowing what to do mm. um yeah uh, but and that kind of feedback that sort of does it even work with the people who you want to buy this thing like can it, it you know in a sense it, it boils down to can they turn it on can they press the first button mm. like either because the technology doesn't work or because they don't understand where the buttons are that's all yeah. good feedback yeah and we've done remarkably little of that yeah and we still get emails from people who open up 80 days and can't work out how to get off the first screen. Yeah. Um, but even that feels like a sort of mid-tier testing stage. There's a, mm. there's this, the, the stage of is are the game mechanics fun, which we really we don't we don't do much of that at all. I know a lot of game companies do do that. I was going to say are better at that, but I don't know whether it's an inherently good yeah, thing to do. See, I, I'm really anti it in principle, partly because like game mechanics are so subjective anyway like any mechanic can mm. probably be made to work depending on how you present it and how you yeah. visualize it but also most of our games have been rubbish until about two weeks yes. before release like that is a very normal experience as a game designer <laughs> yeah and, and there are there are different types of game mechanic 
which can either be proved to be fun in their prototype stage or they only become fun when they're really dressed up with mm. lovely aesthetics. I mean, as you know, I have a much more hardline approach on this, that <laughs> if a prototype is genuinely fun, you are not going to be able to scale it up into a real game because you've got no room, you've got no wiggle room. Like, and I, I, yeah, I say, I've never seen a tight prototype that scales, ever. I And I almost um, argue the opposite, that you should make sure that a, a minimal prototype is fun. Otherwise, you haven't got a hope Otherwise, of it why being are you doing fun. It? Yeah, I, mean, I think for me, the reality is that you have to find a prototype which has got promise. I mean, I always yeah. talk about whether whether something has legs or not. Mm. Like, can you see a way to spin this out over like 20 hours rather than 20 minutes? Can yeah. you see a way to, to tweak it and unlock things and develop it and... But it takes really strong kind of intuition and skill to understand that. And yeah, we're, we're always learning. Yeah, but I, I do wonder whether putting it in front of strangers is ever helpful for that kind of thing. I think there's probably, it goes back to what we were saying before, that there's some, there are certain things that you can learn from just watching people, that mm. what they say is wrong might not be what's actually wrong, but you'll learn something about what they notice and what they don't notice it might just teach you about the limitations of your prototype they just don't understand how to play and it's because of the way it's presented which is unfortunate because you can't assess it for for, for what what you're really interested the in. other thing that i think it does is it can often lead to very conservative designs as yeah. well in the way that you know when you when you pull the vox populous they're always more conservative and i remember dan fabulous of choice of games very early on in our company history i remember talking to him about user testing and he said that what what they had done was just go to a seattle coffee shop and give people 20 dollars to play a game just complete mm. strangers which i just thought wow i'm far too shy to do so i'm british <laughs> i can't do that i believe this is this is this is what he said and and that was behind a lot of their ui decisions and some of their ui decisions i really don't like like mm. i really don't like that you have to confirm a choice and then click an okay button on every single choice of their game mm. i find that really slow mm. and his argument was that people they tried it a different way and people would press the button and then say, oh, how do I undo that? I didn't mean to press that. Whereas I've always seen the fact that if you press the wrong button in one of our games and you're stuck with it, it's kind of a feature. Right. <laughs> Even though it's a feature that if we put it in front of user testing and anyone did it, we would get a critical issue message back from Sony HQ saying, you know, they, they got this wrong. It was an accident. It's your fault. Mm. But I don't believe that. I just don't. Well, I genuinely don't believe it. It comes to the classic um, argument of Henry Ford and whether he would have if you had asked his customer base, then they would have asked for a faster horse. Um, I'm sure we've heard of that, right, that, yeah. that example. And I think that that it's, it sounds like that's what happened with choice of games, that they they heard that people are saying, oh, how do I, how I made a mistake with this choice, therefore we should add an extra confirmation button. But maybe what you really need is to think back to your game design and maybe do what we did in Sorcery and make it possible to rewind to any point. Mm -hmm. So at the particular moment where you make a choice, it's instant and fluid, but they're reversible. Or I've seen a lot of arguments recently in web design, um, or a lot of advocates rather, for actions with undo buttons rather than confirmation steps yes because if you give people an undo button they can learn what the button does yes. while still undoing it whereas if you get yeah. someone a confirmation box that says do you want to do you want to niggle flake the flab and blump they go i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> and there's no way for them to find out what that means yeah. other than clicking okay and crossing their fingers and i guess part of that is is really integrated into the game design like we don't have a, a rewind button 80 days but that's because we sort of 
make people happy with their choices or something may make people feel like the risk is part of the game or that there isn't too much risk most of the time mm. I, the, I, the idea of a rewind button in a game is a very strange idea yeah, anyway like yeah. can you imagine in blackjack if you twist and then you go oh i don't want that one yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like i'll put it back it's generally quite an interesting one from a player perspective though because players are obviously always going to want the game to be a bit easier they're going to want to win if they lose they're going to sort of tell you oh i wish i hadn't lost there can we fix that mm. and you have to interpret that and that goes yeah that goes right back to the heart of testing feedback a lot of the time doesn't it that the tester is often saying i wanted to be better at your game mm. faster and with less effort <laughs> and you have to say we're really sorry about that and we really hope you come to enjoy this game once you played it a bit more and quite often they're playing a version which doesn't have as good a tutorial and they have had a harder time like being an early tester on dark souls must have been horrendous mm. um I like John's controversial statement that he sometimes says that a game should be a bit annoying. <laughs> yeah, they, they absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, which I, which I don't that. think that's quite true, but it's an interesting statement to think about as a controversial statement because you certainly need barriers to success, obviously. And then your definition of like, what does it mean to be frustrated and annoyed? And what, mm. like, what turns a barrier or a, something is preventing you from reaching your goal? What turns that into an interesting... You know what it's like? It's like an earworm in a song. Like an earworm song has got to be just a bit irritating. It's got to be a bit annoying because it's hooking you mm. and it's got to pull you with it. So it's got to have that hook attached. Yeah. I think for us... We probably ought to do more yeah, testing. It's, it's definitely something that we haven't mastered yet. Yeah, right, exactly. And we need to do more quality assurance testing Yeah, because yeah. sometimes bugs get through that are unfortunate. Yeah. And we probably want to do a bit more kind of early phase putting people yeah, in front of people. Really but you have should. to be really careful with that. Yes. And not let it not get too obsessed about the results of it. Exactly. Because um, it's easy to, to just throw you off your horse completely. Yeah. But it's this middle, the one I'm grappling with in the middle is, is currently the middle stage one. The what do you do when your game is basically complete and you can't change anything, but yes. you still have to work out what, how to make these testers happy. And I think maybe that's actually just an entire other part of game design is like, yeah, how do you it's almost how do you tutorialize things? Well, how do you get the player to where you need them to be? Yeah. because you can't change what and that I, is I th anymore. I think that's the hardest thing. But also, I think I, I I do like to think quite positively about that, that I think often when it feels like there's a core major problem with your game that actually, if you think really hard about it, you can actually fix it with a small change. And there's quite often it's an opportunity yeah. in disguise, really. It's yeah. something which can make your game yes. so much better if you yeah. can just find it yeah. and bring together some threads which haven't been brought together. And I think also everyone's different and it's easy to forget that if you try it on two or three people, then there might be... You might have just tried it on the two or three people out of ten who just get it instantly, and seven will actually find find don't wouldn't wouldn't get on with it. Um, and so it is important to try it on a lot of people um, and start testing early and ramp up testing as we're doing with sorcery four. So start start with a few people who will always trip over the obvious issues, and then ramp up as you've as you want to find more people who will trip over more kind of edge cases. But if we were to send it to lots of testers really early, then they'd all trip over the same issue and they'd get they'd get preconceptions about mm. the game that we might change. So But in amongst all of that you've still got to maintain your inner conviction Absolutely. about where the heart of the game is.
I think it's about having an open mind, listening to testers, actually listening to what they have to say, but don't be afraid to just say no if you don't like yeah. what they're proposing you change. That's probably it, isn't it? That's probably good advice for life. Like always listening, <laughs> but not necessarily just doing what you're told. Yeah. Yes. But still listening. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, big shout out to all of our testers. They're absolutely brilliant. And thank yes. you for all your help. Uh, thanks for listening. 